Hello and welcome to The Fandamentalist, the fandom podcast investigating all aspects of geeky media. Oh no, this is all my fault. There's something else at the core of my unhappiness that, that I didn't realize. When did that become a bad thing? I'm not dead. It seems I'm the only one with a mind of my own. Go, go. I would not wish you back again. I am not going to dump another thousand-year-old complex on you or anybody else. Welcome to the I Disappoint Dad Club. The theme song you just heard is Good Riddance by R. Sonner, available on the Free Music Archive. My name is Kylie, and here with me are Gretchen. Hello. And Julia. Hi. The three of us write for thefundamentals.com for fundamentally sound fandom analysis. That's right, it's a website for all your geeky uh, media needs, whether it be news, reviews, and frenetic analysis. We've got it all. Very frenetic. <laughs> if you have stopped by thefandamentals.com and you like what you see, you might want to click the little button that says FM Plus, that is to become a Fandamentals Plus subscriber. Mm-hmm. It is just $3 a month, and now we also have an annual option, $30 a year. Really not that bad what it does it helps support our site and our operating fees and what you get is a discount on our store and we're actually um beefing up some of the items that are going to be available there i think snapbacks are coming back so yeah we also do exclusive live hangouts exclusive podcasts and exclusive editor essays can you tell it is exclusive So check on out Fundamentals Plus subscription. If you already are a subscriber, we very, very much appreciate it. It really goes a long way in keeping us somewhat sane. Yay. Anyway, speaking of that sanity, uh, how have you guys been lately? Um, I mean, like, I, I think I'm like every other woman in the world right now, just slightly depressed. Oh, yep. for sure. Mm. Yep. Busy. Yes, but I am busy as well. Gretchen, yes, I think uh, yeah, doing busy. maybe 50 hours a week at my day job right now, which is not too bad, but, you know, it's well, a lot to take home. Yeah, it's a lot going on. I think yeah. all three of us have had a lot going on, which is why we took our little mini season break, I guess. Yes, our seasons are season absolutely three. arbitrary, and I love it. <laughs> um yeah new season which uh is evidenced by the new quotes that i selected which i have not done yet but by the time you're listening I to it i can't will have wait to know already. which ones that you I've, I've got to keep a welcome to the i disappoint dad club right well, of course you have to pick that but yeah. i mean or that is just gonna stay with us forever that. i'm sure yeah. there's some new crazy ex-girlfriend stuff you can <gasps> crazy ex we don't have anything from that show um <laughs> yeah. yeah we could dial back on the uh Let's see, Winona Earp is still decent, but you were less enthused with the newest season, right, Gretchen? I was less enthused. Mm, it happens to the best of us. But we are it still does. in patriarchal bullshit land. We are. That, I feel like, just needs to stay because I feel like I have hit my head and wake up and <laughs> woken up in patriarchal bullshit land, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, speaking of our busyness and our season break and all that, <clears throat> we have not had much time lately, and that has spurred the topics for <laughs> this episode, which is, what media do we actually make time for when we are swamped? Like, what is the cream of the crop for us? And then, what media uh, would we make time for if we were given 
endless time or a month off or something like that. Um, what what fandom activities would we catch up on? I'm sure it wouldn't just at all be Julia's fanfic or anything like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we will have some kind of fun segment. I believe we are making a teen movie or a YA book, maybe a trilogy. They're all trilogies these days, right? Yes. True. On vampires or werewolves, we have to pick one and run with it. Yep. Maybe we could be different and make like a tetralogy. A tetralogy? Tetralogy. Mm. Tetralogy. So, before we get into any of that, we have some fandom news. Yes. Yes, we do. We do. Let's get into it. Yay. It's been a a while. Uh, So, a lot's happened. We're, We're really just trying to call out the highlights here. For one, Ryan Coogler has signed on to direct and write Black Panther 2. I'm Yay, so Black Panther 2! Zero so surprises, but like. But I good. thought T'Challa, like, you know, disappeared into the ether and doesn't exist anymore. Are you telling me that's going to be somehow reversed? No. No, it's permanent. They're oh. really doubling down on that. They're going to somehow magically find a flower somewhere because cause Killmonger. Burned them all. The they'll, they'll magically find a new one, and I don't know, maybe Okoye oh, will become. It's just a new Black Panther. Panther. It's not even T'Challa. No, I, I know it's not. I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I know him. Yes. But anyway. they just brand new, like T'Challa's just gone. They're never going to make a movie about T'Challa again. Never going to have yeah. any comics, nothing. He's just erased. He's forever. gone. Yeah. He disappeared. <sighs> Same as Spider Man. Speaking yep. of Marvel Cinematic Universe, James Gunn had been fired from Guardians of the Galaxy, and he is in talks now to direct Suicide Squad 2 for Warner Brothers and the DC Extended Universe. Hopefully he can make it less of a hot mess. I think right? that's their hope for sure. Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny because you can tell that they have been like trying to make their movies fun in a way that's not working, like Justice League in particular mm. had some segments that were like kind of splashed in like oh it's fun now uh so i wouldn't yeah, be like guardians of the galaxy like the thing that guardians of the galaxy managed to do successfully yeah exactly uh suicide <laughs> squad is a good choice if you're going for that kind of energy um we'll just see what happens yeah. uh yep that, so that's what's going on i always think it's funny when people move from dc to marvel or vice versa so i was in a used bookstore and they had these like novelty magnets of like different like superheroes and quotes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at it, it was, I was on a revolving rack. And at some point I realized that there was a separate rack for DC and Marvel. Oh my <laughs> like goodness. They had segregated them, even like, though they're the exact same magnets. Can't, you can't even, they can't even <laughs> exist in the same magnet space. Come on. Yep. <laughs> hey, speaking of Suicide Squad, Margot Robbie is in talks to direct and oh. star in a Barbie movie for Warner Brothers. I mean, yep. I think it's, it's time that people actually reclaimed Barbie. So yay. Let's do it. I think she's the perfect person to do mm. that. Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm a huge fan of her. Right. If anyone I could make it. you're you're a huge fan of Barbie. <laughs> I mean, you can be. I wasn't yeah. allowed to play with them when I was little. No? No. They, were, they had satanic or something? No, they were anatomically incorrect and would have given me unhealthy beauty standards, which is bullshit because I got those unhealthy beauty standards anyway, just not I from know. Barbie. I mean, they were anatomically incorrect in the sense that, like, they tried to give lines for, like, genitals when you would take off their clothing but it was just like lines in plastic it was really weird like they actually gave the ken doll a bulge i know this because all of the barbies in my house were naked all the time yeah i think that's most people's houses yep. yeah i had no, a conversation my mom just thought they were did, like, about barbie 
The anatomically incorrect was like disproportionate. It was yeah. like her boobs are too big and her waist is too skinny. Yeah, like she would have to be like eight feet tall or something like that. Yeah, in order for her. Bo- I mean, her yeah, that's not wrong. But right. like the idea that Barbie alone would give any sort of body standards is yeah, yeah. Especially in a home where my mom had already had like disordered eating and unhealthy body image. I thought it was I, growing up. Now I can look back and be like that. That seems kind of weird. Like. Yeah, I, got, I probably got that more from you than I did from playing with my Barbie dolls, but whatever. Anyway, uh, we don't have to. <laughs> my brother actually loved playing with Barbie. We dolls. should have an episode that's just like complain about our mothers. Oh my gosh, we could. <laughs> Let's do Mother's Day about mothers. Hey, <laughs> speaking of childhood, th- uh, I don't know. We need another update about a Lady and the Tramp because every single oh, fucking episode of Fundamentalist, we have to talk about Lady and the Tramp. Well, they're hiring really cool people to be on this movie. Like, this is one of those things that when I first heard about it, I rolled my eyes. But every time they make a cast announcement, I'm like, maybe this is going to be good? Yeah. Well, okay. So Janelle Monet is now voicing <laughs> Peg. And for yeah. anyone who doesn't know, that's the Shih Tzu in The Pound who befriends Lady, who is voiced by Tessa Thompson. Which I, that's my favorite part is like, it's the like glamorous Shih Tzu with like the blue eyeshadow. <laughs> Um, that like hangs I out. I think I have with, to watch Lady the Tramp again, right? Like who hangs out with Lady in the Pound and like protects her when everyone else is beating up on her. And I was like, oh, this is great. This is great. This is Janelle and Tessa Thompson. It's gonna be. That's gonna be awesome. Oh my god! At this movie, I just don't understand. <laughs> no, seriously. Who of asked all of them? Mo- but then it's like star studded and sounding kind of good. Right, and it's making me think of like the etymology of Shitsu, and is is that like a Yale transcription? It's not Pinion. It's probably Yale, so it is Shih Tzu. Yeah, Shih Tzu. Yeah. Shih Tzu. Yep. No, because if it's Yale, then it would be unvoiced. It'd be Shih Tzu. Hey, you know what I like <laughs> is um, <laughs> franchises and franchise potential. Uh-huh. So Netflix is developing films and a series based on the Chronicles of Narnia. Good luck We them. haven't tried that before. Yeah. Third, and they're going to make content for all seven books. Third time's the charm, I guess. Are like, they going to have the ending where, like, the lion tells him to go find out about Jesus? Maybe. Yes. I mean, I assume. <laughs> I just, like, I don't know how... I just think it's... I do think it's kind of strange that they're making both, like, actual, like, feature-length films and, like, miniseries. I'm like, do, are you is, just... Are you going to, like, go like, back and forth? off potential here? Yeah, like... <laughs> Like, the first one is a movie, and then we're going to do a miniseries, and then we're going to do a movie. I don't know. It's I don't the know. Narnia Cinematic Universe. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking, Speaking of, of cinematic, cinematic universes. universes. I know. Oh, my, oh my God. These transitions are just flowing. Um, production has begun on the new Star Wars series, The Mandalorians, and it actually kind of sounds good in terms of the directors they have lined up. Okay. Yeah. I don't really care about mandalorian culture like at all i have like a couple of characters who happen to be mandalorians that i enjoy that's just satine yeah yeah Um, like sabine is this gonna be live actress live 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 action action? i think yeah oh that sounds expensive maybe not i don't know buying jetpacks but yeah like i don't care so this is all to say i don't really care about the mandalorians they're fine whatever but i've never been like super drawn to them but when i find out that not only is taika waititi be like one of the directors like they're getting deborah chow rick famuyua bryce dallas howard like super diverse cast of directors i was like maybe i do care about mandalorians and like i really don't see them (laughs) directing animation this has to be live action right yeah so oh my god 
Guys, speaking of live action, guess oh what my else God. is getting live action? Are we seriously not recorded in that long? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Avatar The Last Airbender is getting a live action reboot on Netflix. An we actual live action adaptation. Okay. The only live action adaptation of Atla. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> the Brian first and only and- one. Brian Konietzko and Michael Dante DiMartino are both signed on to be producers in some facet, probably because they want a little more control after what happened with M. Night Shyamalan's uh, The penis hair! Yay! Oh, God. The penis hair was the worst, the least of the problems that movie. (laughs) It's true. And it won't be whitewashed. No, they said it's going to be... That was, like, the first thing they said about it. Yeah, like, Brian specifically made a point of saying that. And they also said that they could delve into some new areas. So it is both, quote, old and new. No idea what that means. I'm assuming Great Divide is going to get cut. (laughs) (laughs) What? To be honest, like... What if the swamp will that be cut? This is going to be real weird to say, Mm. because Legend of Korra only ended in 2014. But I honestly think if there's any show to kind of redo especially if you're looking at streamlining or taking deep dives elsewhere Korra was like more of a mess mm. and had more option Avatar The Last Airbender was pretty tight I don't yeah. see this ever improving on what was there yeah but. I agree with that it was much more especially like structurally tight and cohesive than yeah. Korra was yeah, and then add to that, like, a Netflix budget for TV shows, and you're seriously going to render waterbending on that budget? It's oh my gosh. gonna look good. Also, child actors? Oh my gosh, child actors. Maybe so I have concerns. Maybe this is gearing up to do a Korra as well? Like, I can see them, like, if they wanted to revisit Korra, saying, like, maybe we should revisit atla first my guess is that this was just a very cynical cash grab by nickelodeon it was like mm. guaranteed to make money and break found out about this and they're like well if you're gonna do it and there's no stopping it we're gonna sign on that's my guess yeah uh, that wouldn't surprise Gr- me griffin and i actually talk about this in full like what could be expect oh wait no we didn't no we didn't we talk about something else in full the thing we talk about in full instead is the legend of Korra uh comics that are coming Ah, so the next- that's another Fundamentalist Plus. Yes. Plus. So I, if you want I've to already them. forgot what I talked about, but in a Fundamentalist Plus exclusive podcast that you can find out about by subscribing for $3 a month, Griffin and I discuss the announced Legend of Korra comics that are going to be focusing on Kuvira and like Kuvira. building up. Building up the Earth Kingdom democracy that Wu had talked about at the end of book four. Didn't you write a, a fanfic like that? Uh, yeah. Well, he he did. Like that was his fanfic, and then my fanfic kind of bridged the gap for the two weeks in between Kuvira's fall and the wedding, and that touched on a lot. Right, of Right, that was that line. I just remember Kuvira like going on this like apology tour. Yeah, I remember, but um, I remember reading I, that. Yeah, no, that's half the pieces, <laughs> and I will stand by that. However. Yes. <laughs> preview pages were released for this mm-hmm. and not only does it look amazing like it is stunning is there's so consistency good. yeah everyone's on model like crazy but there is a tribunal like they call it a tribunal that kuvir is in front of and the writing it's like exactly what i pictured for this su yin is still there and she's like how could you do this to my family when you know the charges before kuvir are like 
prison camps and stuff like that. Suyin would make it about herself. Yeah, exactly. And then Kuvira ends up pleading not guilty, not so much to the charges that they actually presented her with, because she was like, yeah, I did that, but you're discounting the good. So she was, she's still kind of doubling down on like, yeah, I was out of balance, but I did good things too. And you, you can't just like put me up here to humiliate me. Uh, for this so it sounds like the beginning of it is so good i'm actually excited for this yeah this seems like it's gonna be good yeah um also if you want to hear more about our thoughts on kuvira listen to our live show <laughs> that we did last year i will link that that's a fundamentalist episode there oh and you yeah you don't even have to pay three bucks for it that's right um uh in the vein of again live action live action adaptations uh they Ray Mo- renee montoya was cast for birds of prey and she'll be played by rosie perez which is an interesting choice to me i'm intrigued yeah. by that i don't really picture her as renee but you know it comes down to the writing i think she'd be fine so i'm just intrigued yeah. by the fact that she's probably going to be older than the rest of the birds of prey because she's oh, yeah. in, like she's in her 40s i believe right yeah, it's a little strange. It's a little strange. So I'm wondering if she's going to be like a mentor. I don't know. It's just like an interesting choice that I feel like has implications, and I'm not quite sure what they're going to do with it. But yeah, Rosie Press is Rosie Press is 54 years old. Okay, so she's in her 50s. So, so um, you know, I've seen old lady Renee or middle aged lady Renee rather in uh, the f- the f- <clears throat> like dystopian flash forwards. In the, oh yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, in Batwoman, and I kind of like I like it. She's old and crusty, and it's great. <laughs> Yeah, that was I had forgotten about that. That is a good yeah. Renee. Oh, hey, speaking of Kate Kane. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Uh and live action also. The promotional photo of I guess Ruby Rose as Batwoman was released and in her bat suit and it looks like Batwoman. Yeah. But Kylie, she doesn't have red gloves. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like <sighs> I don't know. I don't understand complaints about like minor changes to superhero mm-hmm. costumes. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't really care get enough. it either. It's the CW. She could have just as easily been wearing a leather hoodie. So like, it's true. this looks it's fine. True. <laughs> this looks fine, guys. She could have been wearing a leather hoodie. But does she have a menorah? That's the question. <laughs> Where's her menorah? You mean the Hanukkah? <laughs> she has. Um. She actually has both. If yeah, you right. read 52, she has what is a menorah. And Hanukkah is just a more specific version of a menorah. So it's a square rectangle thing. I did enjoy, Boom. I think Griffin had a, a post where he, where he responded to it on Tumblr where people are like, you can tell it's a wig. And you're like, well, yeah. Yeah, it is a wig. Because it is a wig. That That's the whole fucking point. Is that yeah. she wears a wig. She wears a wig. I'm just, I'm like... Good for them for actually giving her a wig and not yeah. making it her actual hair. Yeah, they're treating it like it was Medusa's wig from what whatever that show was where it just looked terrible. It's not, it's, like, I mean, it's not Sansa re-wearing Marjorie's wig bad. So, to be, yeah, to be fine. honest, it looks more natural than that. Right? <laughs> Game of Thrones does wigs worse than this. This is the CW, so I don't know. Okay, what's the? I I have no transition into Doctor Who. Do you want to just take this one, Gretchen? Sure. I'm just really excited because um, so the next episode it will have aired by the time this this comes out Mm -hmm. of Doctor Who. Um, they are going back in time to the 50s in America and meeting Rosa Parks, which I think is really cool. 
Um, and it's directed by beloved children's author Mallory Blackman, who I was oh. really excited to to hear about her being a director. Um, even more so now that I know what she's directing. I don't know. I just Doctor Who is so is typically has been so varied england focused especially like london which makes sense it's a british show um so they rarely have filmed in wales it's kind of hilariously cardiff focused actually yeah you're right yeah (laughs) especially like the new like new who has been very but the history of doctor who they've never really done a whole lot with the u.s there's like a handful of episodes centered on the u.s and it's almost always like new york or like the wild west so i think it's really cool that they're doing an episode that's you know, focused on like a black historical figure and yeah. about like civil I hope they rights. focus on how the college educated woman failed literacy tests repeatedly. Because <laughs> that's just hilarious. <laughs> hey, I have a question for you. The last time we did fandom news, did we talk about how Nagini is really a Korean circus yes. performer? Okay, <sighs> just checking. Didn't we? Maybe we just talked about it. Let's know. just not talk about it. That's fine. Sometimes we just get together and talk. And I, we, think, I think we, we bitched we about it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that happened. And also, oh. um, talk about the moons. And then we can move on because we're like really over time on this segment. Oh, I just <laughs> wanted to say this because I think scientists are funny. So apparently moons, like moons in space, can have their own moons. And mm-hmm. like scientists literally call them moon moons, and I what just, else is like, us to call them? <laughs> I don't know, but not moon moons, and not moon moons. Like it, it sounds like some kind of weird dessert. It does. It does. <laughs> I mean, it would just be like looking at. It's just very literal. Like it's a very literal. Like no, I like this update. I appreciate you including. <laughs> I just I I'm seeing it all over Twitter. A bunch of my friends are like obsessed with it, and I think it's great. All right. Well, on that moon moon note, we are going to transition into our first segment. What media do we make time for when we are swamped? Don't say that. Can't you see she's brainwashed you? So, uh, what media do we make time for when swamped? I think I think y'all can tell that I make time for like weird moon random sites. Like I make room for moon moons. <laughs> I was no, but, no, for the but, Rachel Maddow show. No, but really, I've been watching. Um, I've been really stressed out recently, and I have been watching Secrets of the Dead at night while I like crochet, which is an archaeology show. And they like they just had one about like the uh, the tomb of Cleopatra or like vampires. Like so what's good. this? I know. I th- I think it's fun. So that's yeah. one of the things I make time for. What about you? Well. My friends at work have been, like, trying to get me to watch shows that I know I should be sh- watching, like, Handmaid's Tale and stuff that I'm sure have value, but I'm just so burnt out mm-hmm. on life. And then I also do make a point to stay uh, up to date on any kind of political news, so that takes, like, all oh my, of my free time. Yep. Yep. So I kind of just want more lighthearted things when it comes to my media. Uh, one thing that I actually was thinking about a lot recently was community. I'd only ever watched it f- uh, through once. And you know how like we're all kind of whores for rewatches. So mm-hmm. I am now rewatching it. I'm on season three. Oh, how, yeah. how is it holding up on the rewatch? Um, it's interesting. I would say it's like you notice things not aging as well the first time through you're kind of like oh okay but then the second time through you're like ooh, this again mm. i forgot 
Uh, but then, like, there's other aspects. You know, the first time through watching, it's not a very shippy show, but there is always, like, this kind of, um, what's, what's the term for old young person? May, November, I don't remember. May, December. Yeah. May, December. There was always that kind of, like, undercurrent with Annie and Jeff and you know you don't really think about it too much when you're watching it through it's just kind of like how this happens and obviously they mean a lot to each other when you go back and rewatch they're like I fucking every single scene mm. and like what is going on with these two characters and I think that's honestly just Allison Brie and Joel McHale bringing <laughs> those performances <laughs> and it's fantastic Allison Brie gets better on every watch though so I am yeah, well she's Allison Brie yeah, she's fantastic. And they're also incredibly musical. Like that entire cast, they all have musical talent. It's great. So yeah, it's holding up. Um, it's fall TV now too. And like, I know there's things I should be watching, but I've just, I've cut Supergirl out of my life and it's fine. It hasn't started yet. I don't think it will have by the time this airs. Yeah. And yeah, I remember putting it on the October schedule. I, I'm behind on Black Lightning. I do mean to pick up that again because I loved it. Yeah. Uh, Always Sunny, I do make time for, <laughs> just because it's always sunny. And then uh, Good Place and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Those are like the four I think I can stay on top of. Mm, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is um, going to air, has aired today. The tonight. The day that we've recorded tonight. Tonight, yeah. Yeah. yeah As we so. record. So for anyone listening, uh, season four has already begun. I've already mm-hmm. watched the music numbers there's two of them that uh rachel bloom posted to her youtube channel and that's awesome yeah so excited about that really i always make time for steven universe that's that is always (gasps) true nothing new has come out we're still waiting on whenever that movie is supposed to maybe it has i mean right maybe by the time who knows it might have aired by the time (laughs) it's released because i could wake up tomorrow morning and they're like here's a movie for you and be like no okay yeah, I would say, like, um, Steven Universe is one of those media where, like, if something came out, I'm going to drop everything and make sure I see it. I mean, like, they're 11 minutes long, you know, so it's very easy to yeah. make time for it. Well, okay, let me ask you this, Julia. Let's mm-hmm. say Winds of Winter drops next week. Do you make time for it? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have oh, been joking with some of my friends about, I mean, I don't have to do this, but they have been joking about, like, taking a couple of vacation days. Yeah, I probably would. Winter? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I'd be planning ahead for that. Yeah. If yeah. nothing else, so I can like go online. <laughs> True. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's see. I feel what, like I'd have to turn off a non also. What else do I make time for? I need to catch up on Black Lightning. I still haven't watched that. This week has been crazy. Yeah, it just, it just started this week, though. There's yeah. only one. Um, I will be watching Doctor Who following that. And How is that? Because I've heard really good things about that. It's good. It's yeah. really like it's really really delightful. You can tell like they're making very uh there's quite a lot of shade uh <laughs> that I find really enjoyable. <laughs> like oh by the way, someone tried to nerd check Neil Gaiman online. What? what? Yeah, because Probably. he oh my gosh. He, ta- he tweeted about how much he liked the new Doctor Who and someone was like, "Oh, I bet you only like this Doctor Who and not the original Doctor Who." And he, like, tweeted back, well, you can read about the first episode I wrote based, uh, like, I wrote about in this introduction to this book or whatever. But oh, my gosh. It was so bad. Someone tried yeah. to do that to one of the writers who's literally written for Doctor Who since, like, original Doctor Who, like, has been involved. <laughs> like, they said something about how it was so joyful and celebratory and they really enjoyed it. And it was great characters and really fun. And someone's like, oh, I can see how much of the other Doctor Who you've actually watched 
And then, like, a third person came in and was like, you realize that, that this is one of the writers for Doctor Who's been doing this for, like, 30 years, right? It's like, Yeah, that's amazing. I think it's I love the internet. So, yeah, it, I, it's, it's really good. I make time for that. The only other thing is um, Star Trek is releasing shorts once a month, and I did make time. I'm, I'm, I made time for the one they already released, which is really, 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 really good. Um, but I will make time for those. But it's just once a month, and they're like 15 minutes, so... 15 yeah i mean when it comes to something like i'm I'm trying to think just no matter how busy i am what would i make sure i see like if a new star wars movie came out if it's especially one of the um episodes i would make time to see it no matter what Uh, i actually did take a vacation day to see force awakens when that came out it was pretty awesome yeah it was really nice to do that uh that said if it was something like solo i'd be like "Eh, i'm gonna wait for the weekends it's fine what about you julia i mean other than Steven huh. Universe. Yeah, Steven Universe. Uh, <laughs> Winds of Winter would be the second one that I would just be like, yeah, dropping everything. Yep. Game um, of Thrones, we both drop everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, Literally and figuratively. Uh, if ContraPoints puts up a new video, I watch it immediately, no matter oh what God, I'm doing. Yeah. She's amazing. Mm. Oh, she's so amazing. I, I, I cannot gush about her enough. Um, I do drop everything to continue to watch the Marble Olympics videos that I <laughs> I love that that has become a thing for you. It's right like, now like the Hublino tournament. It's not Marble Olympics right now. It's like intermittent because, uh, well, it's going to be the 2019 Summer Olympics. So it's going to be a little bit until the In qualifiers. the same vein, um, oh my I drop everything for competitive CrossFit. Okay. I always watch the CrossFit games and like the open announcements and all that stuff. And, mm, yeah, drop I had been dropping everything for the Eagles and then they looked like crap this year and I stopped caring. That's well, right. You're a very I'm a fair fan. weather fan. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? I don't think it matters. <laughs> no. Like, not at all. Who cares? Uh, I would drop everything to read The Legend of Korra comics when they come up. Ditto for live action Avatar. I think it doesn't matter how busy mm. I am. I have to look at that train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> how do, don't, don't say it's going to be a train wreck. You don't know that. I have to check it out. I'm actually very not hype at all for Batwoman, the TV show, but because yeah. I live with Griffin, I know that we both will be dropping everything to see it when it hits. And that includes the crossover where we'll be very lost during it because we're not watching anything else that it relates to. Yeah. I have, so. I'm not, I don't keep, I'm not going to keep up with any of those shows. Not that I ever, I only ever really watched Supergirl and I, haven't really watched it at all yeah yeah i watched the first season of supergirl i did, i honestly i will admit i didn't even watch all of the last two episodes of season two season two i did i did for the sake of our essay but i was right. not happy about it <laughs> yeah so i'm not dropping everything for that yeah so i don't know I, this is actually a lot of media i guess we make time yeah. when things really maybe this is out. why we don't have time for anything <laughs> God. I mean, it's not a lot, a lot. Hmm. At least I don't think being, so. Like, yeah, it, collectively, honest, it feels like, like a lot. But for each of us, it's just like a handful of things. And it's also just like what rises to the top. You know, Avatar live action, that's not going to align with Winds of Winter dropping, probably. It's right. just in any given week, if something comes up, you know, I can handle a Good Place episode, a Always Sunny episode, and a Black Lightning episode. You know, it's not that bad. Right, because um, it's not all happening at once. Like, yeah. I'll have like basically two hours of TV a week that I'm actually watching right now, which is would be Doctor Who and um, Black Lightning is like 
That's like two hours of my week. <laughs> I can I can handle two hours of my week. <laughs> yeah, that being said, I have been filling in all the gaps of my free time with Breath of the Wild still. Like, I am just deep dive completionist on this game and it is fantastic and i have not stopped thinking about it oh gosh i haven't played a computer game in so long yeah i need to stop because i need to read books because i've not done that in a while <laughs> yeah i re- i read books but that's really i mean i also write reviews so i kind of yeah. have to read them my brother sent me a manuscript and i haven't looked at it and he sent it to me in like april so oh. <laughs> i should do that yeah i try I only accept manuscripts from people whose work I am excited about reading. I've had more people offer when they find, it's one of those things when people find out that you write, they're like, oh, do you want to read mine? And I'm always like, "Mm." Gretchen, do you want to read my fanfic? It's really good. I do want to read your fanfic. I'm still really bad. You haven't read half the pieces. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will. Do you want to read my fanfic, Gretchen? I do. You just haven't written anything new yet. She reads. Yeah, yeah she's caught up with Awis. Oh, oh, I make time for gift caps when I feel properly guilted. <laughs> I hope I don't guilt you. No, but it was your birthday. And I was like, oh, my God, I still haven't done this fucking gift cap. It was wonderful. I'm it glad was to there hear. was Alison Brie in it. Multiple there was times. a lot of it. You could tell I was really the community. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. What else do I make time for? I don't know. This is a good list, though. I think I think. I think this is good. Let us know in the comments what media you will always clear your plate for. Like, what gets the top, top priority? I I would say out of everything, Winds of Winter would definitely get top, top priority. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm going into my room. I'm not coming out until I finish this book. Right. That's exactly how I was with the Harry Potter books when they came out, too. Like, did you guys read the Fire and Blood excerpt? No. No. It was, I don't care about tarts. it was actually, I don't know. I thought I'm actually, actually terrified really of it that it will decanonize my fanfic, so I don't want to read it. It's it's about Alisanne. Yeah, good I know. Alisanne. Yeah, or it Alice took her a while to fly up to the wall or something like that. Something oh, that was salty. great. That was great. Yeah. George Martin, like, so much shade. It was like, it took her several days to fly, even by Dragonback. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> You're great, George. I like what? you. <laughs> Uh, man. <laughs> so obviously throwing shade but yeah when that came out like me and then like the starry wisdom group that from El- lucifer means light bringer that whole group of people yeah. uh we kind of went a little bit crazy talking about it and we were all like what's gonna happen when winds of winter come out like we're gonna yeah. have to start like a whole new like text chain or like twitter like <laughs> thread just to be like Oh, hey, all of us are reading this and we have thoughts about it. It's going to be so hard, too, because, like, obviously you'll also need a reread. Mm-hmm. Oh, my it. gosh, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's okay if George doesn't release it for a while. This is not good timing. Right, you're like, can you wait a while? I'm really busy and I want to be a lot of my play right now. <laughs> you give us good three months advance notice, though. So you Dear can plan yeah, your life around it. Right. <laughs> you can. That is the great thing about that right if it, wait if it comes out the weekend of my wedding are you guys gonna not attend you know what i'm gonna say this right now i would bring it to your wedding that's how much i care about you oh i would I'd be reading I would it too. like at, yeah. i'd be under the hub and like reading it yeah right you're like up at that like at whatever table you're sitting at at the reception got my kindle like, yeah <laughs> i don't even have a kindle i would get one for that julia and i are taking extra long bathroom breaks and just like <laughs> 
Oh, you know what? The horror. I just have to sit down. So that's that's like good reading opportunity. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I was doing the rock. Yeah. Uh, let us let us know in the comments what you would do. We're gonna transition out into our fun segment where we're going to draft a teen movie or YA novel. Perhaps you'd make time for that too. We will find out. I thought I'd read you a little of the Winds of Winter. <laughs> So many of you liked our autumn movie, Falling in Love. <laughs> the one that and was we, like disturbingly movie. like an actual movie, yes. Although I think you could tell that we had three very different ideas. In this case, we're going to give you three different pitches for some kind of teen movie or YA something or other. And we're going to pick vampires or werewolves and then tell you the premise. And you tell us which one you would make time for, even in your busy life. Right. <laughs> You ha- see how cohesive this is? It is cohesive. But it's Halloween. So I was like, we should do something. Halloween's coming up. We should do oh, something Halloween y. So it's like, all right, vampires and werewolves. Because it's like this age old debate. Or not, I mean, maybe not age old, but like it's a debate that's been going on for like 15 years. Several it would, years. Yeah, it 100% is. All right. Well, Julia, you go first. Let's just I go put you first. On the spot. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking like kind of what vampires and werewolves always represent in YA. Mm. And, like, werewolves are kind of that primal urge and, like, sexuality and just beast things. And vampire is always about, like, coldness and logic and, you know, stone and really sharp hair parts. (laughs) Uh, So, like, I kind of think I when we're talking about adolescence, I want to go more for werewolves. Because that feels more adolescency to me. Mm-hmm. And okay. I'm not prepared for this at all, by the way. Would you, um, so would you make like I'm totally become this. like a way to talk about like puberty? And like changes like, like I mean a I think the obvious thing direction? Or Yeah, I, I, I think that the obvious kind of avenue for this would be like talking about werewolves as like a metaphor for some kind of like, you know, queerness that young people are dealing with um but that might be a little too obvious (laughs) well lupin was pretty much coded with that right yeah you know it's kind of like you know rent but um (laughs) it was aids it was a metaphor for aids um it wasn't a metaphor they were literally they had aids yeah what werewolves did no in rent lupin i mean maybe there were werewolves rent with aids (laughs) Okay, no, but like there are two different things going on there. I'm talking about like, Lupin had AIDS. I, I was going, for, I was following Julia along the like, where being a werewolf was a metaphor for AIDS in Harry Potter, and you were like, no, they literally had AIDS. I'm like, but they didn't though. I thought we were talking about Red. Like Lupin didn't have AIDS. So I'm thinking of some kind of like werewolf non werewolf alliance in the schools and how it's mm. being it's being tamped down by the man, but. All the werewolves and the allies are persisting. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, like the the authority structure doesn't like doesn't want the werewolves and humans to be friends. Yes. But like the question is whether these werewolves are like created werewolves or if they're like a society that like are they like a subspecies or are they like do people get werewolfism? I think I think it's almost always that. I don't. What was that Kate Beckinsale movie? Oh, Underworld. Yeah, and also in Twilight, it's not a bite thing, and also in True Blood, it's not a bite thing. 
So no, it's okay. not always always upset. <laughs> it's not a bite thing in Twilight. No, no. I mean, there are like they do say that there are actual like that kind of werewolf, but Jacob, it's like a spirit. It's like having um. Oh, what's it more like? It's more like a you just like it's awakened when you reach a certain age. Or not in a certain age. If there's, like, a threat to the community, then it awakens this, like, spirit form inside of them that they can then, like, transform into wolves. But, like, it's one of those things where, like, they just happen to be wolves, but, like, the same process could work for any other animal. It's just this just happens to be wolves. Yeah, and True Blood, they have, like, panthers and wolves, and they're all, like, really trashy. Um, And so, yeah. So if... Like, you know, they're born this way, or if it's acquired, I think that's something we'd have to figure out, um, because it would kind of change the theme, I think, quite mm-hmm. a bit. But yeah. not really. But also, yes. Um, and maybe you can have some kind of, like, not a romance, because that would be fucking with the metaphor, but some kind of, like, deep friendship between a werewolf and a human. Mm. And hmm. maybe uh, the human has a very disapproving dad. <laughs> oh my god knows are you kidding me with this <laughs> but like the human character is like oh no i'm gonna bring my werewolf friend over for dinner and we're gonna have a really awkward dinner and i'm gonna go to werewolf friend's house and that dinner is gonna be more awkward because clearly werewolf friend does not have good family structure i think you should make it an arranged marriage and <laughs> then they have awkward family dinners and they have different. Are you even reading cultures. ahead of my fanfic? <laughs> I just, I just had a, m- a moment. Where I was like, you could just turn your fanfic into a werewolf AU. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine my fanfic as a werewolf AU now. <laughs> it's like werewolf corporate drama. <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. I would read that just because. <laughs> well, like if because it's, it's, if it's so like a genetic acquired thing, then maybe maybe uh, werewolf friends' parents could be having an arranged marriage, but it's not like a good arranged marriage, and there's a lot of conflict there. Mm. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. So and, the personalities of their kids are they like hot and cold? Would you say? <laughs> Do they have? A Why special are you doing this to me? Face? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Do they have like werewolf face? <laughs> yeah, they get all hairy and they and like assert their authority. <laughs> their deeply internalized sense of authority. Kylie, why are you doing this to me? Well, trying to hide their emotions. <laughs> it's, it's like a Buffy with a vampire. I'm trying to take this seriously, you guys. If you want Martells, why didn't you go with vampires? You just said they're about cold and logic. But I wanted to talk about teenage sexuality, okay? Oh, the hot Martells are vampires and the cold Martells... Wait, no, the hot Martells are werewolves and the cold Martells are vampires. <laughs> I mean, all Martells are both hot and cold. That's kind of the point, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. I know. I read I read The Princess and the Septa. <sighs> <laughs> we love you, Julia. You know what? It's your turn, Kylie. You do oh. this. Guys, I'm I'm crying. I was just <laughs> laughing so hard I started crying. That was. I amazing. mean, I'm like uber unprepared for this too. I was actually considering ripping Annie from Community's a uh, horror story, which was about where vampires and werewolves, and was a reclamation of female sexuality. Oh. It's pretty good. Yeah, it was just like um, 
Jeff was the vampire figure, but then it turned out she was actually a werewolf who eats vampires, and then she like devours them. Oh. It's good. It's good. But no, I think I'm going to go with corporate drama. However, I see that working better with vampires. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Dakota because- Fanning in Twilight. She's very corporate looking. She was enterprising. Absolutely. Hmm. <laughs> She's got that hair part going on. I completely forgot she was in that movie, to be honest. <laughs> I had forgotten I, until I, you just said it. I was like, oh, wait, yeah. She's acting through contact lenses. Saw, yeah, I didn't see The Last Twilight. Oh, I, I just like saw like dozens and dozens of reviews for it. I don't know. But uh, I also just feel like vampires might naturally have more of a business-like structure because mm-hmm. they have to, you know, operate. They have a very careful plan. They're operating at night. They have to, you know, not be detected. There's a commodity involved, that being blood mm-hmm. drained from humans. You know, whether there's a sort of synthetic blood-like what's going on in true blood and maybe there's some kind of corporate empire that controls the synthetic blood Ooh, versus, I like that idea. yeah yeah so there'd be that operation there'd be competing synthetic blood on the market but it doesn't taste as good or it's not as nourishing but it's cheaper so there's kind of issues of supply and demand to navigate is there and a maybe, vampire class system yeah are there vampire th- food deserts Yes, there actually are. Um, there are vampire food deserts. Access to blood and false blood is, is an issue. And in these vampire food deserts, of course, there's more attacks of the human population because they need to eat somehow. Mm-hmm. And I guess in this uh, version, animal blood would not be a suitable alternative because mm-hmm. that feels like a cop out to me anyway. I mean, it was. Uh, so it's So fair. it's kind of like these, these little... Um, not tent cities, but just like uh, these these little like collective tribes almost form. They're the ones that kind of band together to attack the humans. They actually have a lot of issues with the synthetic blood from the corporations. And what's funny is that the corporations build themselves as being more ethical mm. because it's it's not killing the humans when in reality, like they're doing know, something it's, nefarious. It's exploitative of yeah. them, right? 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 And one of the uh, corporate <clears throat> owners, CEOs, gets uh, thrown in jail for something, and he has a vampire daughter who takes over and has to run the empire. And she Asami? has... Oh my god, we're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> we, we should be stopped. No one should she have has a lot of mixed feelings about how she feels about running this, knowing what it's doing to some of her fellow vampires. And is there another like vampire who's like super powered, or maybe she's a werewolf, and the daughter also has feelings for this werewolf slash super powered vampire? I think in that this, is slowly developing. I think in this um, <laughs> world building that I made, it would have to be another vampire, but one who actually feeds off humans rather than synthetic. Okay. Like it would have to be like a Romeo Juliet esque thing. Like And I have no idea how this would resolve itself or why anyone would keep reading it or really what I'm trying to say about capitalism, but it would come together as I plan it, I'm sure. (laughs) The idea is controlling the resources is bad. Hmm. Every time somebody says capitalism now, I just, like, imagine Tabby from (laughs) Contrapoints. Smash it. (laughs) Yeah. Watch Contrapoints, everyone. Yeah, she's really, she's just so weird, but interesting. <laughs> it's great. Definitely the best YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, it would it would come together somewhat. I think I would try to make it pretty obvious. It would turn into some kind of allegory for our court, our current like corporate ownership of everything, right? Like Amazon and its horrible. Mm. Well, what they raised the minimum wage for their employees to fifteen bucks, right? Yeah. So yay! Now I feel good about shipping everything. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't, I'll throw in some kind of climate change allegory too. The synthetic blood is polluting something. I don't know. Right. I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. Actually, maybe it's like leaching into the human ground and it's actually contaminating human blood in a way that the humans will perpetuate, but the vampires could die out. Ah. I don't know. It will come to me. It'll come to me. That's that's the bare bones. Vampires, corporate drama, Asami. Gayness. <laughs> that Gretchen, you're right. Um. Well, I... I think I would go vampires too, though. I would go a different route. Because what I find so interesting about vampires is the, like, experience. I would probably go a much, because I'm me, I would go, like, an angst. I would I would go, like, an angst route. Ooh. Because what interests me about vampires more so than werewolves is, like, vampires have to exist as, like, a quote-unquote monster, like, all the time. And okay. yeah, werewolves just like have bad benders every right, once like, in a while. Yeah, werewolves is like a couple of days a month you'd flip your shit for a little while. And that's probably like that's gotta be really frustrating, but like the experience of like I am literally like a leech who exists by like consuming other people, I would want to explore kind of what that would feel like. So maybe um put it set it in a society where like Vampires are kind of in charge, have, like, taken over, and you have, like, the the protagonist probably- There was a movie like that. It's totally really? underrated. Oh. Yeah, it's got, like, Ethan Hawke in it. And are you talking about Gattaca? They're, no. They're running out of humans, and oh. there's, like, synthetic blood, and there's, like, this, like, human resistance. I forget what it's called. It was actually quite good. Well, I oh, know you you uh, continue with your pitch. I'll try to figure it out. Um. So yeah, I would go along the route of like vampires have taken over. Like the experience of like a, a vampire being someone who like she realizes what like she, maybe she like meets a human. But I would. I don't know. I'm trying to like figure this out as I'm talking. Because um, I was paying I know, so much hard. attention to all your guys' other stuff that I wasn't thinking about my own. Um, okay. So there are – I might go a little bit – not really – I wouldn't really focus on the corporate nature of it. But they would be like yeah. human farms. You would have these like human farms. And maybe this is the daughter of someone who runs one of those – like a big human farm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's called Daybreakers. Daybreakers. Okay. Cool. Yeah. They, ha- they have a human up. farm. Yeah. Right. So – and she like – Maybe she's um, – I would probably put her as, like, a younger sibling. So, like, her older sibling is being trained to take over. Um, and her role wouldn't be to run the business. Maybe she has a separate role. Like, her role would be to, like, marry for alliances into one of the other powerful vampire clans. Because um, I like tension of, you know, I'm supposed to marry somebody else because I'd probably include that. Um, yeah, of course. Of course. You can't not conclude that. You can't because it's YA. So it's got to be like her older her older sibling is going to take over like the human farm business and she's the younger sibling. So it's her job to like marry into another powerful vampire clan and solidify like business alliances and 
um, cultural alliances that way. But she visits one of the human farms. And, of course, because it's YA, she, like, meets a human who's there and, like, actually is to see what all of their suffering is like. And maybe I would make this a dual perspective story where you get the human perspective and the vampire perspective. And it would kind of alternate between the two. Um, and, of course, like, they fall in love. And so it's got kind of like a star-crossed lovers thing. But um, I would want the humans to be, like, forming a resistance. And um, I don't know. That's probably where I'd at least start and kind of see where it goes. I'm such a pantser when I write I stories. I will say, though, like, as – a YA pitch, yours is like the only one I can see working for the YA audience. <laughs> As I just don't see corporate drama or like Julia's wedding in Sunspear yeah. Light. <laughs> I read a lot of YA. I was like thinking about it. I'm like, I'm going after trope, after trope, after trope. Yeah. Um, Are th- is there bed sharing? Pro- I mean, if I was going to go like hardcore into like all of the tropes, including like fanfic tropes, there might be. Um, Bed sharing is such a quality trope, though. Right, right. Ooh, like, it's so ooh. stupid. She might. Ooh, here's an idea. The um, our protagonist. So this is this would of course be gay. Um, well, so yeah, it's what- her love interest. Um, because because she's going to marry. Um, the vampire is going to marry this other powerful vampire. Like maybe she gets the choice to like choose a couple of humans to like be her personal servants. So like she saves this mm-hmm. one particular mm-hmm, human. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm girl to be your personal servant and then they like fall it like she's you know married for convenience because she has to that would be the way the first book ends mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm. trilogy is her wedding and then this, this is quality then the yep. second book would like explore them trying to like maintain their love as a secret while she's married to this other vampire mm-hmm. um and then is they the go marriage on some gay as well trip and there's only one bed yep yeah well, yeah, like she she's on a trip with her with her vampire husband and he has to go do something and then she has to sleep in the same bed as her maid. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Duh. Duh. Clearly there's only one bed available. <laughs> Great. Also, uh, they have to start off antagon well, I guess they would naturally start off being antagonistic right. towards like each the, other. Yeah, like the human would be super distrustful of this vampire who like rescued her and be like Yeah. You like you don't actually care about me. You just think I'm food, and you'll get bored of me after a while, and you're just going to eat me eventually. And then eventually, they really do fall in love. And so the second book would be like, oh no, is their love going to be revealed? Um, as we find out that like she's like the human character is still in touch with like this human resistance that she's not telling her vampire lover about. That she's like actually like plotting maybe like a. Like a big demonstration event. Like she's gonna like set off a bomb to kill off like the hide all of the big vampires. Um, so the second book would end with both of those things being revealed. That like the human character has been involved in this like kill the vampires resistance movement that mm-hmm. happens to include like vampire characters' family, and then everyone finding out that they were actually falling in love. And that would be like the end of the second book. And then the third book would be the aftermath, like figuring that all out. So there's, that there's, sounds like an actual plan, Gretchen. There's my vampire yeah, trilogy. Yeah, you're, you obviously win this segment. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think mine is doing our quality fanfic. as well. <laughs> well I, I, I wasn't doing that. You two were doing that. You have actual fic. I don't have fanfic. You have non fanfic. Fic. Mm. Right, but I normally don't write young adult. I write adult. Yeah. 
No, I, I think I think that sounds like a really good start. I guess in general, just let us know which genre, not genre, which you would choose to read are about you, more, vampires or werewolves. Vampire or team werewolf. Yeah, but like in terms of literary preference, like I'm very strongly team vampire. Just I, I don't think the once a month thing is that interesting. I don't either, generally. Mm-hmm. It's like, cool, I'm pissy once a month also. <laughs> I don't know. I, d- I just think there's only so much to explore. I think it would have to be that like repressed sexuality angle that yeah. um, mm-hmm. Julia was talking about. Yeah. But, you know, I've even seen vampire narratives tap into that. Like I'm thinking true blood, um, whether or not like vampires can bite you when they're finishing mm. and stuff like that. So that can also sometimes be worked into vampires. Yeah, the, that's just my own. I preference. will say the one time that I've seen werewolf done in, an, in a new and interesting way was I read a book where it was about... Um, where it was a metaphor for menopause. Oh. Which I thought was interesting that you had this, like, yes. community of women that, like, instead of going through menopause, like, they became werewolves and then they were, like, the guardians of, like, that community. And I was like, that? I kind of like that. That's interesting to me. Yeah, it's great. I like that. I'm trying to think, too, if there's any other, like, fic premise I've ever had where I could just put vampires in it. Or werewolves, like, like, what if I just did a hard-boiled detective drama? It just happened to be a vampire detective. Mm. <laughs> I think that'd be really funny. It could be funny. Yeah, he's like, it's like he, he's at like he keeps drinking the crime scene. Right? I was just thinking, I'm like, is that crime scene being like shit, like sneaking blood out of the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Dexter, t- but the vampire. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let us know if you would rather vampires or werewolves, and how much you would pay for Gretchen's tetralogy or uh, trilogy, rather, of books. Mm-hmm. I assume it would not be a tetralogy. <laughs> Just keep going. Keep going with this. And finally, we're going to transition into our last segment: what we would do, what we would catch up on, media-wise, if we had unlimited time. I'm a werewolf that feeds on silky vampires. My boyfriend told me recently that, like, you can tell I'm a grown-up because I get excited about things like small kitchen appliances. <laughs> and That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I think another way you can tell that I'm a grown-up now is that one of the things I fantasize is having time to watch TV and read things I want to read and go to the movies and, like, write my fanfic. And that's, like, what I want to do. Mm. And there's just so many things I want to watch and read and do. I'd like to learn how to draw at some point. Oh, you know? oh that'd be cool. Like a skill. Yeah. <laughs> that's a funny way to say it, Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean you wouldn't just binge watch Netflix? That. You would actually learn a skill. Oh, well, I mean, just- I would mostly binge watch Netflix. <laughs> I mean, this time is unlimited, so... It's true. It's a fandom podcast. It's just normally that's our discussion, and you're just like, yeah, I would, you know, learn to draw. Which is totally fair. Like, I would learn Yiddish and be fluent if I had time. Mm. That's also a skill. Yes, it um, is. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Julia, I'm similar to you. Like, I think about my fanfic that I'm not writing all Mm -hmm. the time. I've actually had, like, four or five new ideas or just, like, ideas that I really want to dig into more. Oh, me too. Like, the other, a few weeks ago, I thought of more scenes for my Fix It Frozen fic, which has never Mm -hmm. even gotten far. 
Uh, the Carmen San Diego fic, I'm like so upset I don't have time to work on, but I just don't. <sighs> I'm disappointed. And I won't. I know. I know. I really want to finish it. It's so good. But <sighs> yeah. And just in general, like, I don't read enough. I just don't read enough. Mm, yeah. There's so many books you review, and I'm like, oh my God, this sounds really interesting. I should take time to read it. And I do not. And then the one time that I did try to read something that you suggested with the the gay pirates, mm-hmm. it was fantastic. It was tropey. There was bed sharing, but it was fantastic. <laughs> right. Like, that is a really good example of what, if I were to write a YA novel, like, my what I just pitched was, like, super tropey. And, like, it, it's like that. It's very, very, yeah. very heavily relies on, like, it knows it's writing for, like, audiences that read a lot of fanfic. Yeah, we were talking about the... Uh, What's it called? The Abyss Duology? Yeah, The Abyss Duology by Emily Skretsky. Emily Skretsky, yep. Which I do recommend still. It's just like... Are they space <laughs> think... pirates? No, they're regular no. pirates. But like I modern would watch pirates. The Expanse. Oh my god, I've been wanting to watch The Expanse for at yes. least a year now. Yeah. Oh. Yep, I haven't watched it either and that is on my list. <sighs> you know what else I would do and I'm pretty embarrassed to say I would do this, mm-hmm. but I would, I would subscribe to World of Warcraft and play the new expansion a little bit. I'm very curious. Oh. I would play Civilization VI. Mm. Oh, I would play the game that my brother bought me for Christmas last year and I haven't even played it once. Uh, I would play XCOM and maybe XCOM 2. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe catch up. I hear, I hear good things. Yeah. Catch up on my... Um, I like. I also enjoy civilization building games, like you, Julia. Mm-hmm. And there's my favorite is the um, Egyptian one. It's Cleo. It's called oh, yeah. Cleopatra. Yeah. I really yeah. Or Pharaoh. What? Cleopatra is the expansion. Do you know the Caesar games? I don't. Oh, okay, but you basically like your Kylie. You would probably enjoy it. It's a city building game. Yeah. And you have that sounds pretty cool. You have to balance like building like it's like an infrastructure building game. So you have to balance Ooh. like. Well, she loves that stuff. Like building, <laughs> like do, yeah. the amount, like the appropriate number of like wells and like entertainment versus like judiciary. Oh, I love it. While trying to reach certain goals, like you'll have scenarios where it's like you need to have this much money, and then you win the scenario. But you also have to be like building infrastructure and making sure things don't light on fire. Or you don't get attacked by enemies. You- yeah, the first person I ever dated in high school was super into civilization. Um, I. Even now, I'll happily replay SimCity 2000 for an afternoon. That sounds not completely dissimilar in terms of what you have to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that sounds that sounds really good. If I had time, I would do that. Yep. Um, <laughs> There's yeah. What else would uh, I do? Because I is there any like show that you would just beam into your head if you could like um Doctor Who? Yeah, same. Like all Actually. of the classic Doctor Who. Yep. Um. I would honestly, like, I would probably do some, like, Star Trek rewatches. Mm. Mm. I would beam Star Trek into my head. I'm not sure I'd take the time to watch all of it, but I just feel so left out of all these conversations Mm. (laughs) with Doctor Who. And for me, it's just, it's been so long that I would want to revisit it since my childhood. And, like, because I've watched, I've rewatched the original series because it's much easier to rewatch the original series because there are fewer episodes, I think. Mm, there's only three seasons worth yeah, of Yeah, there are only three seasons, so there's fewer episodes. It's not like, when I think about rewatching like, DS9, I'm like, that's a lot. That's well, you can, lot. you like, with DS9, you can really just start at season five. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you don't have to watch the first two seasons unless you're, like, really into, like, awkward Bajoran politics. <laughs> I am. 
So Kylie would rewatch from the beginning. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, like you know, the rise of Kaiwin. Yeah, Vedic yeah. Pariah. There's any TV shows that I've been meaning to watch, other than like some of the heavier stuff. Mm. There's a bunch of like um, documentaries on mm. Netflix surrounding cults and stuff like that that I think would be interesting to watch. I forget exactly what the names of them are, but oh. more of those informative kind of ones. Yeah, or like. Julia's weird nature show recommendations. Yes, I mean just watch nature documentaries. They're the best. I'd also just in general cook more complicated food that I am currently. Like I'm still cooking, but it's just like I'm not really taking time with it. Yeah, I would probably see. And this is just me. I there are only a couple of TV shows I would probably watch. But I mean, I do read a lot of books now. But I would read even more if I had unlimited amount of time. Yeah, like. My stack of books that are to to be read. I have a shelf in my <laughs> office that is my to read shelf, and it is entirely full, kind of overflowing. And I would just work my way through that. Yeah. So yeah, that sounds about right. I just don't have time to read. It's bad. I only it's have really I only have time to read things that I am on a deadline for reviewing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. And to that point, I only really have time for shows like that too. Like, hey, I have to watch Game of Thrones tonight. Oh, yeah, we get to watch. What did you say? The wacky thing that happens next episode is it the Loras talking uh, it's, about it's wedding dresses? Yeah, yes, yeah, Loras like being disinterested with Sansa or something like yeah, that, and I like think. talking about women's clothing with great enthusiasm. I think that's this episode. It might be next. It it yeah. could just be the one that he was like walking with her, and she's like, "Do you remember me?" And he's like, "Sure." Oh, that's so sad. Then we get the lemon cake scene. Yay! Oh my god! Yeah, I think we do. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what we would do with all our free time. It's just consume all of the oh, books. Oh, oh, if I had unlimited free time, I would do like a very detailed, like intellectual deep dive reread of all of A Song of Ice and Fire, like chapter by chapter, like from a feminist mm. analysis perspective. Actually, here's a good one. If we had unlimited time, also, what articles would we write? Like all the articles I've been meaning to write for like six months now and have been putting like, out. I was thinking yeah, about this. Those... You wanted to do a Marjorie retrospective. I did. Oh. I wanted to just like be like, what the fuck is up with Marjorie? They blew her up. What was the point of this character? Yes. You know what was one show I made time for and I would want to write an article being like, I don't get it. Uh, there was this new kids show that was released on Netflix. Uh, it's called The Dragon Prince and it was by Aaron... How's his last name pronounced? I think it's a has. He had worked on Avatar The Last Airbender, and a lot of people credited him with some of the best ideas that came out of Avatar The Last Airbender. He's a very good storyteller. Uh, the Dragon Prince is, like, fine. It's, I don't know, eight episodes, nine episodes. It's Oh, that's really short. Yeah. And, and it's like, um, something is up with the animation. I don't know what. It looks poorly rendered sometimes. It's like dropping frames. It's It's really oh. hard to tell what's going on. But, uh, straight up or not. oh, there's just, oh, okay. They just straight up don't have that many frames, I guess. Oh, so it just looks a little chunky compared to some animation. But, like, the guy who voiced Sokka is in it, basically playing the exact same character. <sighs> and there's ideas that it's, like, clearly, you know, derivative of Avatar The Last Airbender. But then it just, it just has the depth of a teaspoon. Like, mm. it's not bad. It's just not really anything. It's it's so straightforward, and as you're watching it, you're like, I am watching a kid show. I am watching a kid show, which is not how I feel when I watch Steven Universe. Obviously, yeah. it's a kid show. Right. I think it has wonderful value as a kid show, and that's how I judge it, but you you don't feel like, oh, this is a little 
too young for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, I agree. So I don't know. People are like huge fans of it. I I, I just it's fine. It's fine. Uh, the the moments with the characters weren't really earned. I didn't think. Yeah, maybe maybe I will write this article anyway, even though I don't have time. But that's that's one thing I did want to dig into. I also at some point need to write how the Last Jedi was the Legend of Korra of Star Wars. Oh yeah, you do. Yep. Yeah, like Griffin and I talked about this for a long time, and we still just haven't bothered planning it out. Now we don't have time. I remember like several months ago, and I was like, I'm gonna write a whole article couple of articles about stannis and why i find his character so interesting <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's never happened <laughs> and i was like please share it with me because i still don't get it yeah. right and i nope hasn't happened i, mean, I would i would dancy gave it her best try last time who did <laughs> dancy oh. she's a breath she named her dog renly that's the depth of her love yeah, for baratheon stand yeah. she's She's fantastic. I mean, it's probably see, how everybody else in the universe feels about our Martell standing. So, you know, we have some. I'm not like a Baratheon. I find the potential for their interactions, if we got them on page, to be really interesting. You know, like I like to, I think they have potential to be kind of Beifong-ish. Yeah. Um, I love the Beifongs. When they really? were younger. They're not as like, um... You've never expressed this before, Kylie. You like the Beifongs? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I know. I, I had it well. But I also kind of like attribute Martellness to the Beifongs a little bit, especially yeah. with Toph. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's but the I, INTP-ness, right? INTP extraordinaire. Yeah. I'm more just like, see, my, my soft spot for Stannis, here's, a, here's the 30-second version. My soft spot for Stannis is that I love the grumpy characters who, if you're actually paying attention, really aren't all that grumpy. Like, like Bernie Sanders. Yeah, or like Toby from the West Wing. No, Bernie's pretty grumpy. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, like that's a good. Point. Like the characters who are like on the surface, like really grumpy, and everyone thinks that they're just like kind of grumpy assholes. Like Doctor Cox, not yeah, Doctor Cox. I don't. Scrubs. Oh, I don't watch Scrubs. Um, <laughs> but I like those characters who, when you like, if you're paying attention, they have like a touch of humor or like actually do like care about things they just don't show it yeah like dr cox and you enjoy that character uh and that's why what's i like his face Stannis. the um the chief from brooklyn 99 yeah exactly yeah holt yep yeah like holt thank you thank you um so that's, that's- hi griffin <laughs> hi griffin that's why i like that's why i like stannis is because i think he's super he's a super grumpy guy and everyone even in the universe is like oh, he's so brittle and, like, he doesn't have a sense of humor and he's kind of a shit. And I'm like, he's not, though. Like, he does have a sense of humor. He, like, does, actually. He's much more, like, adaptive than people give him. Like, it's just one of those where, like, the perception and what we're told about him doesn't match the reality of who he is. And I always like characters like that, especially if they're kind of grumpy. Yeah, for sure. So there's your Um, 30-second version. Now I don't have to write, like, a (laughs) two-part 15,000-word essay. (laughs) <laughs> Since we mentioned the Beifongs, I will say one of the fic ideas that has becoming more and more like fleshed out in my head lately has been the fic about Toph's second pregnancy. I already wrote a fic on her first pregnancy called A Guy Named Kanto that is about Toph and only about Toph. <laughs> it is not at all about the only the only person in this conversation who has actually been pregnant. No. Not at all. Definitely not. Or been pre- like f- carried a child to term. But like with her second pregnancy, and this is just assuming that Sokka is Suyin's dad, I just run with it. I don't care. <laughs> oh, it he's definitely like, he, like uh, 
There's yeah. No, it, that's like R plus L equals J. Just, yeah, there's yes. like no ambiguity. Yeah. Right? yeah. But in, yeah. in this case, too, there would be no ambiguity around like whether or not he knocked her up. It's obvious he did, mm-hmm. and she just won't admit it. And then. Yeah, because in, is... in a guy named Kanto, he's convinced he's the father for a while, too, right? Yeah, yeah. he's not, obviously. He's not. But um, in this case, he is in, you know, an, a, an open relationship with Suki. And it's, like, complicated, though, because he keeps kind of, like, emotionally cheating a little bit with Toph. Like, it's it's tough, because she's always the one person he goes back to, whereas, like, Suki doesn't really have that. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, like, have their own little Polly-Suka arguments, and Toph is, like, just martelling out the butt and <laughs> just will not admit it. And then it would end with her singing Marry Me a Little by... <laughs> Stephen Sondheim, and that's that's that. And I've like written a few scenes of it, and it's just it, so. Oh my god! I have another fic about how Ilaria and Oberyn got together, <laughs> and it's the same time that John Aaron comes to the Water Gardens, and maybe Lysa's there. I haven't quite decided. And there's little Aryan and Tyene running around. Aww. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's also the fic Death of an Avatar. I won't get into that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's just Aang's death, and it's told from the POV of Katara, Kaya. Yeah, Ta- I remember uh, reading a detailed outline of this. No, no, no. It was Lin, Katara, Kaya, and there was oh, and Pema, right? Yeah, because the Pema, the Pema Lin Tencent shit hits the fan right around then. Yep. Yeah, I have a fully formed outline of all of these. So yeah. if I was ever just like given a month, not allowed to work, one of these would come through to fruition. Probably the Carmen San Diego one. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Anyway, let us know what you would do if you were given a month off or had unlimited time. We've we've actually asked you to say a lot of things. Pick whatever you want to talk about in the comment section. <laughs> you, yeah, you don't have to answer all you of them. You don't have to answer all of the prompts. Just pick one that's interesting to you because we're curious uh, what you think of and it. And we're sure you're busy people who don't have time to do all of it. But Right. Also, welcome to season three of The Fundamentalist. <laughs> Yay! No, 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 no. Which is completely no, no, no. arbitrarily decided based on when our SoundCloud feed comes up again. So. Yeah. Or and sometimes, like, you know, when we're kind of exhausted or just like, if we take a few weeks off, we can call it a season break. Yep. yep. That didn't happen at all. Nope. So be sure to check out our writing or our live blogs or whatever it might be, Gretchen's book reviews on thefundamentals.com. If you're interested, you could think about becoming a subscriber on our website. You could also think about becoming a subscriber to this podcast on however you've been listening to us or letting other people realize this podcast exists by leaving us a rating and or review. That very much helps, too. Only positive reviews help, though. (laughs) Otherwise, thank you so much for your patience with us, and we will talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. And welcome to your friend of interest. My name is Curly.